0: The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith Hill, that's who we are. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Uh, Well, we started a a series uh, last week talking about uh, uh, grace and its effect. And uh, we were looking at the book of uh, Romans. Amen. And uh, we looked at uh, some highlights in Romans chapter number one and uh, chapter number two. And today we are continuing to look at uh, the book of Romans, uh, grace and its effect. Uh, we saw in scripture that true Bible grace is an effect on us amen and so we're continuing to learn about this grace so that we can uh start to live our lives out from a place of grace amen Amen. so it says in romans chapter number three Uh, I'm going to look at the highlight of this chapter. The Apostle Paul uh, begins to uh, dive into how this salvation uh, comes upon us and how it's available and how we can access God in this new covenant, in this new dispensation uh, called the dispensation of grace. Amen? Which is the sixth dispensation. Uh, uh, We're going to go into the millennial reign and so on and so forth. We talked about that last week. And so if you read in Romans... Uh, chapter number 3, verse 23, the Apostle Paul, you know, he looks at all these different uh, ways that the people had tried to reach God in the Old Testament under, under the law, <coughs> uh, according to their own works uh, in verse 23. And he came to this conclusion, and the conclusion was this, for all have sinned, verse 23, and all have fallen short of the what? Of the glory of God. Now, that word glory there in the Greek is talking about the standard of God, the standard that God requires, the standard that God demands uh, for us to be in relationship with Him pertaining to the law or the Old Testament. Uh, You can't really look at the Old Testament that way, but the dispensation of the law. The dispensation of the law would spell out do's and don'ts, things that you have to do uh, for you to be right with God. And uh, people would do those things, Uh, but when God would look at all those things, you would actually uh, call it just filthy rags. You know, he said your own righteousness, your own works. When you try to make that count for something in your relationship with God, uh, it's just, uh, uh, you know, filthy rags. And we said last week that, um, you know, uh, grace and uh, a law uh, attitude are not really actions because both uh, grace people and law people have fruits. Amen? Uh, But, um, you know, uh, uh, what it is 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 a mindset. It's it's not an action. It's an attitude. Amen? So a legalistic mindset produces works for the sake of trying to gain approval from God. Now, a grace mindset will produce works as a consequence of their relationship with God. So there is bound to be uh, some action with both parties but the other one is inspired by trying to uh, gain approval from God and the other one is inspired from uh, realizing that they've already been approved by God Ephesians 1 verse 6 you're already accepted in the beloved amen and so here the apostle then says all have fall- have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God and then he says in uh, verse 24 being justified freely someone say freely This is the the cool thing about grace is that grace is free, but watch this now. It's free, but it's not cheap. You know, Jesus paid for for it dearly with his life on the cross. So grace is free, but grace is not cheap. So he says this. He says being justified, that word justification, justified, it means it was accredited to our account uh, just as if. We hadn't sinned before, so we were justified, we were acquitted, if you're looking at uh, a more legally uh, uh, approved term, you know, we were acquitted, uh, set free, uh, and all of that happened because of his grace. It says, being justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we see some powerful words here that the apostle uh, Paul begins to use. The first one is justification. The second one is redemption. And these are words that you really have to understand if you're going to function fully in the revelation of grace. Uh, A lot of people think that, you know, grace is God just... Uh, uh, kind of sweeping everything under the rug and just hush-hush everything. Okay, just keep quiet. And we're going to... No, no, no. God did everything above board. This is why the Apostle Paul is using these words. It is to prove to the church at Rome and ultimately you and I that everything was done above board. Your your salvation is valid. Can I get an amen? amen. It's, it's not a, a fairy tale. It's not a wish. It's something that was done above board legally. And man, you can accept it and function in it with boldness. So justification is acquittal, right? And then redemption, there he's talking about we were bought back from the slave market. To redeem means to buy someone back. Galatians 3 13 says Christ has redeemed us or he bought us back from the curse of the law, the slave market of the law and its consequences, the slave market of the demands of, uh, of the legalistic system. Jesus bought us from that slave market, set us free so that we could function under grace. That's what the word uh, redemption means. He says he, re- he-, he redeemed us, uh, th- he-, he justified us freely by his grace through redemption That is in Christ Jesus. Man, salvation is only found in one place and one place only. It is found in Christ Jesus. Amen? And it says in verse 25, "...whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness... Because of his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Oh man, there's so much in this. He talks about propitiation. And uh, so these are all different concepts the Apostle Paul is using to explain uh, salvation. You know, we talked about justification, acquittal in the court of heaven. God set us free, and it's all above board. We talked about redemption, buying us back from the dominion and the slave market of sin. And now he brings another concept here called propitiation. And all of this is to show us that everything was done above board. So propitiation is simply this. The foundation of propitiation is justice. Our God is a God of justice. And so he's not going to call something uh, uh, righteous when it's actually guilty. And so, he, everything has to be done uh, with, with, with the justice system of God. And the foundation of God's justice system is this. Everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, everybody is a sinner. Amen? I know there are those that think you know, they are better than somebody else because maybe somebody else uh, uh, smokes, chews, drinks and roll with those that do, and then they just tell lies here and there, so they feel like, man, I'm better than them. Well, according to God's standard, all have sinned. And some say, man, I actually don't lie. I just omit some very important information. And so, you know, it's amazing how people, you know, in the natural are always constantly comparing degrees of missing the mark. It doesn't matter how much you miss the mark by, if you miss the mark, you've missed the mark. And so according to God's standard, everybody fell short of the glory of God. And so that's the foundation of receiving Jesus Christ as the one that paid for your sin. Amen? If you think you still have some good works that can count for something in your relationship with God, you're not going to enjoy grace. You won't receive it. Then you won't need Jesus. But when you realize that I'm a sinner and I've fallen short of the glory of God, and now I need Jesus to transition me uh, from being uh, a sinful person, sinner, right? Uh, so that I can receive his righteousness, which he wrought on the cross. When you come to that place, then Jesus becomes relevant for you. And so propitiation is simply this. You know, uh, uh, this is the analogy that I usually use. Uh, you were caught speeding by a camera, right? You're driving fast at a, uh, a 60 zone. You were doing 110. And in South Africa, if you do more than 30 kilometers, an hour above the speed limit they don't write you a ticket, they bring you over to court to talk to you. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> they want to they wanna find out more information. If you do more than 30. So this is free information, right? And so they want to talk to you. And so if they send you a, an you know, invitation to come to the court, what is it called? summon uh, uh, to come to court. Hey, we need you. You go there. And as you walk in, ah, Sabelo from church is the judge. Ah, praise the Lord. (laughs) And then you walk in and Sabelo from church is the judge. And now you're smiling. You're free. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is going to be a good day. (laughs) To your surprise, he picks up the hammer, right? The gavel. And he slams and he says, guilty. Ah, But Sabelo, what's going on, bro? (laughs) I thought we were peoples, right? And that's exactly what we see happening in verse 23. God just declared all of us guilty, yet he's our Heavenly Father, and all of us are surprised, but how come? You're supposed to be my father, you're supposed to be my friend. But he goes on and does something that blows your mind. After Sabelo says guilty, he takes off his uh, robe, right? And he walks over to you and he stands next to you and he says, don't worry about it. I'm the one who's going to pay the penalty. Essentially, that's what God did in this concept of propitiation. The foundation had to be all have sinned guilty. But then what he did is he came in the person of Jesus Christ and he became a human being just like us and he said instead of you, because the wages of sin is what? Yeah. So instead of you dying, wow. I'm going to die in your place, watch this now, so that you can live. Amen. And so when the apostle Paul starts talking about all this concept, I mean he's going deep so that we can realize how rich The grace of God is. Amen. He says Jesus was sent forth as a propitiation by his blood. Through faith, we can begin to receive uh, that propitiation. To demonstrate his righteousness... Because of his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. So he's talking about in the Old Testament, you know, you would say instead of you dying, you can bring an animal, a turtle dove. You can bring uh, uh, something in place of you so that you can live. God did this. On credit, but when Jesus came and paid it for it at the cross, it was now fully paid. Can I get an amen? And so verse 26, it says he did all of this to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just the judge and the justifier of whom has faith in Jesus. And so the apostle Paul begins to establish that the law was not given for you to keep it. The law was given for you to realize you couldn't keep it so that you could turn uh, to Jesus for help. You could look for a savior. And this is why Christianity is the only religion, if you want to call it a religion, it's not, it's a relationship. It's the only religion uh, that has a savior. That is someone that does the works for you that you were supposed to do so that you could be free uh, to serve God. Amen? Everywhere else, you're going to get a bunch of of rules. God gives you a Savior and the Holy Spirit that brings the fruit on the inside of you so that you can live this life from the inside out. Watch what he says in Galatians. He says the same thing uh, in Galatians chapter number 3. Let's go to Galatians chapter number 3 from verse... uh, 16 to 22, Galatians chapter number 3 from verse 16 uh, to 22. I'm reading in the NIV. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say to seeds, meaning many people, but to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. What I mean is this. The law, watch this now the law introduced see the law is not the entire uh uh, old testament uh book that's what is driving us to there's a dispensation of the law and this is what he says he says the law introduced how many 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. So God's covenant has always been a covenant of grace from the beginning of time. But as men started to transgress, God had to add this thing called the law, right? And he tells us this thing was added 430 years later from when Abraham was given the promise. And he tells us this, he says, the law introduced does not set aside the covenant previously established by God, thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law. So he's saying the promise of God was given before the law. In other words, you can't earn it. But you can access it. Faith does not earn. Faith Gains access. You can go and read uh, Romans chapter number 5 verse 2. Amen. Abraham had to do something. But not to earn the promise... But to access the promise and activate it over his life. Can I get an amen? He says this. He says, For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God, in His grace, watch this now. There was grace in the Old Testament. Abraham lived in the covenant of grace too. But God, in His grace, gave it to Abraham through a promise. Why then was the law given at all? It was added. You know, they call this an addendum, right? Pastor H. can correct me after service. The Lawyers call it an addendum, right? It's not the main uh, 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 flesh of the document. It's something that was added. Now, the addendum is interesting because it's a, it has an expiry date. And so he tells us this, this law was added because of transgressions until the seed To whom the promise referred had come. So God added the law so that he could keep the seed of Jesus flowing on the genealogy of Jesus. I mean, because sin was literally trying to take over. And so God uh, uh, brought the law to highlight the sin so that people could stay away from the sin. But it wasn't given to bring a relationship with God. Can I get an amen? Amen. And he says this, he says, though the law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator, a mediator, however, implies more than one party. But God is one. Verse 21. Is the law, therefore, opposed to the promise of God? Absolutely not. There are those that say, you know, I don't even read the Old Testament because it's the law. I mean, people just go crazy. It's just amazing. What he's saying is the law and grace are not in discord. They are in harmony. But grace is superior to the law. Because the law was added as an addendum with an expiry date. And the expiry date was until the seed came. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. But yes, what's cool is that even in the law, there are promises that are still active that were given under the law because God did not stop the the promises. He stopped the penalty for not keeping the law. Amen. 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 I said amen. And so I can go to Deuteronomy uh, chapter number 28 and read the blessing part because it's still active. The promise did not stop because of the addendum. Can I get an amen? But the law and the consequences of not keeping the law, the dues, right? And then he says this. He says this. The law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law has been given that it, uh, for if a law had been given that it could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin, so that what was promised and being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who keep the law. No, to those who believe. Amen. And so when Jesus came and uh, paid for our sin at the cross, we transitioned from trying to earn our own righteousness, trying to keep the law so that we can avoid the consequences, to believing and having faith in Jesus Christ. And when you do believe and have faith in Jesus Christ, you receive of all the promises that he paid. Just like Jabu was preaching, his promises are yes, but we get to put our amen so that we can access them. Amen. 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 When you believe in Jesus Christ and what he did for you at the cross, then you can receive of every single, not just, you know, the things that you know. You can receive of every single promise that God has ever promised to mankind. Why? Because God is not a respecter of persons. And so if he promised it to Jeremiah, guess what? It applies to Tavariah. If he promised it to Nehemiah, guess what? It applies to Tepharah because God does not show favoritism. This is why I can go uh, to a scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11 and say this was the plan of God for Jeremiah and the children of Israel. It's the same plan of God for Tepharah and his family. Amen. It is because God does not show favoritism and his promises ran through the entire Bible. And so when you read the Old Testament, all that's required is for you to read it with the lens of grace. Because now we have a superior covenant called the covenant of grace. So we are justified freely, redeemed freely, and given this thing uh, freely because of what Jesus did for us at the cross. This is what takes away boasting. Amen. Amen. When you start to understand true Bible grace and what it means, especially Romans 3 verse 23, that everybody didn't make the cut. It takes away Christian celebrityism. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Mm, hallelujah. Amen. Because all of us realize that the ground at the cross is flat. Amen. Can I get an amen? Yeah. You know, God does not look at one person better than the other person. Yeah. He, he looks at all of us the same. Everybody has sinned. And everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. And so who makes it? That's the question. Who makes it? You know, growing up, I was obsessed with going to heaven because I was in an environment where they preached about hell so much and how bad it's going to be. I mean, we would even make jokes about hell and say, man, there was this guy. This was a funny joke. He says, this guy went to, uh, to, to, to hell and, and he went to, to heaven, right? And then he got there the apostle Peter said, man, you, it's your lucky day today. You have a choice. You can either go to heaven and or, or go to hell. It's going to be your choice, but... Today, you get to tour the two different places, and then you make a decision where you want to go. And so the guy went to uh, heaven, and, you know, we were just chilling out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord <laughs> God Almighty, and just walking around and having fun, right? And then they, they, they said, now you can go tour hell. So he went on to the lift, you know, uh, uh, and then he pressed minus 14, right? Because it's, it's, it's deep down under. Pressed minus Pressed 13, actually. They say 13 is that number, right? He went in, and then when the lift, door, lift doors opened, I mean, it was a big party. Everybody, I mean, it was a big party. Donuts everywhere. I mean, it was a big party. And so he went back up, and then Peter said, uh, so where would you like to go? He said, man, I didn't think I was going to make this decision. But Peter, I want to go back. I want to go back to hell. And so Peter put him in the lift, and he went to hell, except this time when the lift doors opened, there was fire everywhere. There were sick people, ears, falling off, leprosy. I mean, it was a bad day. Gray and cloudy, nothing happening. And he said to the devil, but hey, chief, when I came yesterday, it was a party here. What has happened? And the devil said to him, ah, yesterday we were recruiting. (laughs) (laughs) Today... (laughs) it's a part of us <laughs> <He> said, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday was recruitment <laughs> oh my goodness and so and so here's the deal here's the deal guys and, and I was set free from the fear of, of, of you know trying to think about my destiny because from a young age you know I always wanted to know am I going to heaven and they would always you know say oh, man the only people that go to heaven is the people that have their good outweigh their bad. Anybody ever been told that? And so I, was, I would always you know, do a reconciliation at the end of the day to see if my good is outweighing my, my bad. And it was scary. And they would say, man, at the end of the day, you need to consent, uh, uh, confess all of your sins one by one, even the things you were thinking about. You need to confess. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, man, God, if I ever forgot something... It's still on your, on your ledger. That's what they'll tell you. If you ever forget to confess it, it's still on your ledger. Man, but when I started to read in Romans, I realized that salvation was not according to our own action. Salvation is according to what Jesus did for us at the cross. And so there are three things that are going gonna to happen uh, when you get to heaven. Three things. Someone say three. three. The first thing that's going to happen when you get to heaven is uh, you're not going to see some people that you expected to see there. That's the first thing that's going to happen. Because according to human standard, there are certain people that we know uh, that should be there. You know, people that are fought for the freedoms of people, people that, you know, sacrifice their lives to do this. And say, I mean, according to our standard, there's some people we expect to see there. There's some heroes of us uh, uh, throughout the earth that, you know, when they die, I mean, things stop, and we have to, and man, we're expecting to, to see them in heaven, and they're those who you know in your own personal lives who good goody two-shoes, right? And you, man, if this person doesn't make it, then I have no chance. And, and, and so the first surprise is we're not going to see some people that we expected. And the second one, uh, which is also another surprise is you're going to see people you did not expect to see in heaven. And you're going to walk up to them and say, Ah, you! Ah! How's that? You! <laughs> you know why? Because in the natural... We expect the good ones to make it and the bad ones to not make it. God is not looking at it from that perspective. God is looking at it from the perspective of who has put their trust and confidence in what Jesus paid for at the cross. And then the third and the biggest surprise of all is you're going to find yourself there. (laughs) And say, me, I made it. (laughs) Ha! You know why that will surprise you? Because you know you too much. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I mean, you've murdered some people in your, in, your, in your mind, in your thinking. You've made that some people. You've, I mean, you, you do all kinds of stuff, right? That, and you know, man, if it was according to me and my own works, I wouldn't make it. But thank God it's according to what Jesus paid for us at the cross. Amen? And so he goes on to tell us in Romans chapter number 4, from verse 1 to 8, he says, what shall we say then? What shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? What did Abraham discover in this matter? And then he says in verse 2, if in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. And so he's saying, you know, if we realize that justification was not according to what we did, it's going to make us humble. Amen? Amen. Because we realize that it was had it not been for the Lord, we would all be toast. Amen? He says in verse 3, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited. Notice he didn't earn. He didn't say Abraham acted right. In fact, Abraham was one of the most messed up people you ever read about in the Old Testament. Him and his wife, I mean, they were crazy. The one time they, they, they told the king, they lied to the king. He told him, I mean, for that, it's probably the most peaceful, I think, you know. If you are willing to get somebody else to take your wife, tell them it's my sister. And say you can have her for the sake of peace, then you must love peace. I mean, I'm just saying. And then Abraham decided to have a, a, a child, what's his name, Ishmael, right? With uh, the with maid uh, servant, Hagar. Uh, and, and I mean, he's a crazy guy, right? Crazy guy. Yet, he's known as the father of the faithful. He's known as the first person to ever enjoy righteousness. Why? Because all he did was believe God. And then it was credited. You know what credit means? It means when uh, uh, someone puts money in your account that you haven't earned. They just credited to your account. And that's what happened with his righteousness. All he did was believe in God and his word. And God credited to his account with what? With righteousness. And so he's trying to show us that Just like it happened in Abraham 430 years before the law. That's how it's happening in this new dispensation. Because the addendum is expired. Am I saying it right? Addendum. What did I say? Addendum, right? The thing expired. And so we are back to the way Abraham received righteousness. It's a continuation of how God always wanted this thing to be. Can I get an amen? Now he says in verse 4... Now, to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God. ooh man, that's good. The one who does not earn it, he does not work, but trusts God who justifies the ungodly. Amen. Their faith is credited as righteousness. Amen. Thank you. Someone shout, I am. The righteousness of God God In Christ Christ Jesus Jesus. Amen Amen. You know the reason why the church has not been effective In ministering to people In praying and seeing things happen In in, in, uh, Nosiswa's testimony In acting boldly Against the system of the world The reason we haven't been able to do that Is because we want to earn everything Amen Amen God does, is not calling you to earn it. He's calling you to believe him. He wants you to believe that he can be God in your life. He wants you to believe that He. you must believe that God is faithful. We're going to read that. To do what he has said that he will Amen. do. And so all you have to do is to believe God to do the impossible. Not you to do the impossible. You and I can't do the impossible. But thank God all things are possible with God. Amen. Amen. I said amen, and so when you believe, it is credited to your account as righteousness. Verse 6, David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness, watch this, apart from works. David also made a commentary about it. Prophetically, he's speaking of the day that you and I live in. I mean, all of the Old Testament saints would look to the day that you and I live in with, with envy. And, and I mean, they, 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 they were like, man, this is going to be awesome. And, and this is what David says. He says, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven. Whose sins are what? Covered. And then what does it say in verse 8? Blessed is the one who sin the Lord will never count against them. So God is not sitting in heaven with a black book. <laughs> Making a, is that the Roman? No, it's not the Roman. When you do the one, two, three, four, five abacus, what's that thing? What's that thing? Tallying, right? One, two, three, four, five. God is not doing that for you. Did you hear what he said? He said, blessed are those whose sin the Lord will never count against them. In other words, God does not look at your sin record before he blesses you. Man, this is, this is good. And so, this means the person who's been disqualifying you from receiving has not been God. This is why scripture says, if our hearts do not condemn us. So, the problem is not even the devil. He says, if our hearts do not condemn us, then we will have boldness with God. So, the problem is our hearts. What's your heart telling you? I'm not worth it. What's your heart telling you? I don't deserve it. God never said you did. (laughs) He did it for you anyway. Amen. I said amen. And so the only thing that's been disqualifying you is your heart. And so this is why, you know, she was talking about the book called Don't Limit God. The foundation of not limiting God is realizing that it's now all up to what Jesus did for me at the cross. That's my standard, and because of that, I mean, Jesus took all of the limits. He took all of the hindrances. He took all of the obstacles. Now, you and I can go to God boldly. We can, act, we can have access with our Heavenly Father, and we can receive of every single one of His promises. It's the good news. Amen? Let's go to Romans chapter number 4 uh, and read from uh, verse 15. Let's read from verse 15 as we close. Thank you, Jesus. Is this helping you? Someone shout, I can receive, I can receive freely, freely Free. of his salvation. salvation. We said salvation covers the whole deal, right? Last week, is that what we say? It covers the whole deal. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to, uh, let's go to uh, verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith. It is of what? Faith. Of faith that it might be by? So, our faith just responds to what God has already done by grace. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, verse 17, we're going to end with this. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. This was the promise that God gave to Abraham, right? I've made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed. Even God who quickeneth the dead things and calleth those things which be not as though they are. Verse 18. He's talking about Abraham now. Watch this. He says, Abraham, who against hope, natural human hope, there was nothing for Abraham to believe in the natural. Because he was 100 years old. Sarah was over 75 years old. And she was barren all her life. In the natural, there was nothing to believe. Have you ever been in a situation where in the natural, there is no hope? You do the math. You can even switch it up. You two plus three, you get to five. You can switch it up and say, okay, uh, two plus two plus one, you still get to five. You switch it up. You say, okay, now it's five plus zero. You still get to the same destination. In the natural, there is no hope. That was this situation. Who against human natural hope believed in? Watch this. Supernatural spiritual hope. And what was that? That he might become the father of many nations. This supernatural spiritual hope was according to that which was spoken. So thy seed uh, shall be. Verse 19. And not being in, in, in weak in faith. How was he not weak in faith? Because he believed in supernatural spiritual hope. Not being weak in faith, this is what he did. He did not consider his own body. He didn't say he ignored. He, didn't, he actually ignored. He didn't say he, he, he denied it. He said he just didn't consider it. What that means is uh, he just made sure it wasn't a part of his uh, success equation. Amen? Amen. So the 300 rand in your account is not the problem. It's when you put it as part of your success equation. (laughs) Can I get an amen? (laughs) The doctor's sleep is not the problem. It's not the problem. The problem is when you value it to the point of putting it in your life As a part of the success equation. So Abraham knew, ah, this is what it says in the natural. But he just didn't consider it. So he considered not his own body. So if he didn't consider his own body, what did he consider? The promise from God. Amen. Amen? He considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Belief, unbelief is belief, that's un. What that means is you're just believing in the wrong thing. Amen? Amen. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith Giving glory to God. I'm going to end with this. And being fully persuaded. Someone say fully persuaded. This is the definition of faith. You have to be fully persuaded that I am right with God. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Fully persuaded. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. But watch this. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if... Someone say if. This is the kicker. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. If we believe just like Abraham believed, then it's going to be imputed unto us as righteous. And when we receive that imputed righteousness, we're going to be bold with God. And, and I'm not just talking about, you know, a, a boldness to approach the throne room of grace. I'm talking about bold to receive from God. Amen. Come on. It says the, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Amen? Amen. Man, you want some boldness. In your, and this is how God wants us to live. He wants us to live boldly. And the, the, the place that we draw this strength and this boldness is not in our own actions. You know, I talk to people all the time and counsel with people. And it's interesting how we are wired, even Christians, who read these verses. We are all wired for, 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 for to earn things, even from God. We are all thinking about earning things from God. And so people talk about, man, I even, uh, I've prayed enough. Have I prayed enough? Have I if I done this enough? And so they're looking at what they've done to try and receive from God instead of what Jesus did for them at the cross to receive from God. When we start looking at what Jesus did for us at the cross, we're going to have boldness Amen. with God. Amen. Amen. I said Amen. Amen. We're going to have some serious kind of boldness. Uh, 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 you know, I was I was one of the people that was uh, discouraging you know nurses were from applying because I didn't want it to be. Uh, 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 disappointed. So I told her, I said, girl, do you realize you only have about 10 days to do this thing? <laughs> she said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, and that was boldness. I'm going to take my chances. I'm going for it. 10 days. How are you going to get a passport, apply for a visa, get it? A date and ten. Where did that boldness come from? From exactly what she was sharing. God has not given us the spirit of fear. How do you get rid of fear in life? You get rid of fear when you realize, hey, I have to lean on what Jesus did for me at the cross and not my own. I mean, I was the pastor. I was discouraging him. I said, man, I I said, hey, the opportunity is there. And and as the thing starts... I said, you know, let's save it for next. I didn't, I don't, you know, as a pastor, I also don't want people to be disappointed. I want them to have faith, but I'm, you know, I'm like, girl, girl, I'm just saying, you know. She's like, I'm going for it. I said, Masha, I was playing golf with Q, and Masha called me and said, man, she said now she's applying for the US visa, and, and I said, just tell her, man, I don't want her losing money. She said, I'm going to pay that 3,000 rand, and I'm going for it. I said, just tell her. She'll only find out when the interview is after she pays. So, hey. She said, man, I'm going I'm to go for it. I'm paying. She paid, and she came to church. She said, hey, I got the date. This was Thursday. I got the date for next week, Wednesday. I said, whoa. I started to, the past, I started to get ministered to. I said, oh, my goodness. I said, man. I said, "Do you realize? I mean, God is written all over this thing." Amen. I said, "Do you realize this is not you?" I said, "God is written all over this thing," and I'm started to believe. And I said, "Okay, okay. So what are you doing?" She said, um, uh, I, "I'm on a gap year." So I said, "That means you've got more time." She said, "Yeah, i got time." I said, "How about you? We add two more weeks to your stay in America." She said, "Oh, that would be great." I hadn't even asked, right? So now I'm, I'm joining her faith because, I mean, she's walking at 200 miles an hour, and I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to be ahead. So now I'm, I'm joining. I'm, hey, I got to be a part of this testimony. So I said, hey, listen. I said, hey, I'm, you know, I want my part in it, right? So I said, hey, listen, uh, uh, we're going to add two weeks to this thing. She said, uh, she said I'm open so I put together a group with some friends of mine and pastors that I, I, I relate with, people that I trust. I said, hey, listen, this, this is what's happening. There's this girl in our church. She she did, she applied the passport to come back and forth She applied for a visa. It's come out in, in two days. It's a, it, it's a miracle. Everybody's a like, whoa on the group. Everybody's like, whoa, that's crazy. I said, so here's what we want to do. I said, we want to extend the stay so she can have a mind. Uh, uh, remember we we're preaching just last week about William Nicole and and, and Malibongwe <laughs> if this is your square of reality <laughs> so I'm thinking oh I said I said in my mind I'm thinking we have a young girl who's never left Job never been on a plane I'm inspired now praise the Lord she's gonna get on a plane can you imagine that from never been on a plane to your first flight New York City direct flight <laughs> Direct flight, praise the Lord. Oh my goodness. I remember when I started flying, I would go to Kenya, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, and wait in Dubai 16 hours. Connect, by then I'm sticky. By the time I get to New York, I'm, I'm out of it. Now, the first flight is direct flight united airlines and you know what that's not what happens every day let me just get it yeah. back to the earth right when you go to durban it it's going to be kulula and it's going to be a different <laughs> the, they are not all that big the, the the little ones you get to fly and so i put this on this group as said boldness right boldness to ask now i know who i am in christ so i can ask put this on this group i said who's open to host I'm looking for five days, year, five days, they have, they're fighting for each other. I can read the SMSs to you. They're fighting. Hey, I want her uh, on, on this day. New York, they, the pastor, they said, I want her uh, from the 25th, after the conference, of course. I want her uh, from the 25th to the 29th, and the pastor in Dallas said, man, I want to on the 30th to the uh, expenses paid for. And then they started asking each other, so who's taking which leg? Who's paying for which leg? And then Devin said, I want to pay from New York to Los Angeles. The other guy said, man, that's the one I want to pay for too. He said, I want to pay for that one because I want to make sure I match it with mine. And, 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 and that's, that's the boldness that you have, Right. And the other pastor said, man, I want to put her on my AA, I I presume that's American, I want to put her on my AA card so that she doesn't have to worry about the luggage. That was Sam Chaco. He said, I'm going to do that for her. And all of this paid for by God because she started off walking in, in boldness. She didn't have the money, but she had the boldness. Sometimes that's all you need in life. All you need is the boldness to say, I'm going to believe Jesus and I'm going to step out in faith. And I have to quit because I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Praise God. Hallelujah. Someone shout, I have boldness with God because I am justified. I am redeemed. And I am free. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so before you apply for a job, don't start to look now at your record of... uh, 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 Good and bad Amen Just look at Jesus record At the cross And Jesus record at the cross Was accepted by God This is my beloved son In whom I am well pleased God said And if God is pleased with Jesus And if you are in Jesus God is pleased with you Someone shout my heavenly father is pleased with me therefore I will not disqualify myself hallelujah thank you Jesus man don't disqualify yourself thank you Jesus father we just thank you this morning Lord we just thank you for your goodness your kindness Lord we thank you for all these testimonies that you do in our community Lord, we just thank you for your provision. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for what Jesus did for us at the cross. We thank you that we are right with you. We are justified. We are set free. Acquitted in the court of heaven. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we can have boldness in this life. Lord, I thank you that as we go forth in our different uh, areas of calling, we will go with this truth and this revelation settled in our hearts. I just thank you, Father, for every single person under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, that you are taking them to a new level, new experience because of your goodness. It is in Jesus' name that we pray and someone shout amen. Well, we love you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.